0: Life. Random discussions about life learning. Hello folks, welcome to episode three of random discussions about life and learning. Today I'm going to have some interesting discussion with my friend Brett and I think we're going to discuss more about nutrition because um, I think that's his um, area or topic that he's actually passionate about. Um, would you actually include like to introduce yourself and just just a brief summary about what you do and and yeah
1: yeah sure uh, so my background is actually in it that's how I met Ranello uh, studying information systems at Alban Uni uh, so I didn't really follow that path of information systems neither did you really mm-hmm. yep I followed a more of an entrepreneurial yeah. And then I started a business at uni actually yeah. and stuck with it over many tough years. Finally, at a point where I would consider myself a semi success. What I do. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> Good Thanks. stuff. And, um, <laughs> you, you never stopped learning though? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. No. I've never stopped learning.
1: and, um, yeah. and I, I, cou- I couldn't go back to uni. Yeah, oh. yeah. No way.
0: I, uh, since I knew you, you were always good in like technology, IT, research, all of these things. Um,
2: and I suppose it, it wasn't hard
0: for you when I don't, I'm not sure if I'm the the best person to introduce this about your diagnosis, but perhaps yeah. you can introduce and then I can probably elaborate yeah, sure, that after.
1: Sure. Yeah, so I don't I don't officially have a proper diagnosis of what's going on yet, but about a year ago I had an MRI of my brain and they found a lesion, they call it, also known as a tumour. That is in sort of the back right-hand side of my brain. Yep.
2: Yeah.
1: It's an incidental finding, so what that means is that the it was found accidentally it was a they were looking for something else on the mri and happened to find that at the time because i have no symptoms of a brain tumor i've had no seizures i've had no physical disabilities or any of the common symptoms that come with a brain tumor yep so yeah that's sort of the general overview of what's going on i have I don't know if you want the full story of that side of it um or if you just like i think it's a pretty um, long story
0: yeah
1: um <laughs> oh, i'm happy to tell th- it yeah
0: like. yeah i think um what we want to focus in this episode is your journey because mm. i think that what most people would be <coughs> interested in yeah um your journey uh, we're, uh, sorry folks we're actually in a um a hotel so you might uh, hear some background noise so apologies for that <laughs> um, so where did I stop oh, another uh, yeah the journey so the journey. The, the so j- yeah the
1: journey began last year uh, December actually yeah just before Christmas I went to the GP's office to get the results of the MRI and she's like yeah. oh, there's a there's a brain tumour. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to give you a referral to a neurosurgeon, or actually it was a referral to the Royal Melbourne Hospital, and i will see you from there. Uh, so that was the first step. Um, first thing I did was I, I called uh, my mum's neurologist. She sees a neurologist for some, her own issue, and he recommended a surgeon, uh, Dr. Lowe. Patrick Lowe very highly and I called up to book in with him and I couldn't get in to see him for a month so I said okay I'll 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 take the appointment Um, I have to wait a month I have to wait a month but in the meantime I went to the Royal Melbourne and I saw another neurosurgeon Uh, also I mean she has been a neurosurgeon for about five years so she's fairly fresh yeah. to the neurosurgery field. I mean, it's quite a... Not much experience. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I walk in to see her, and she's like, oh, I think we need to do another MRI, and uh, we'll, we'll do it here because we've got better machinery, better equipment, and we can get a higher resolution picture of the brain. And yep. we can do some more advanced tests using the MRI. So there's a few things like... MR perfusion so they can see the blood flow in the brain see if there's any higher blood flow around the tumor which would signify potentially a higher grade malignancy yeah Uh, and also MR spectroscopy which analyzes like the metabolites in the tumor so they can see what I guess chemicals are in that area they can pinpoint like a little cube yeah Brain and then compare it to the same area on the other side of the brain so then then they it comes up with a graph basically and then on that graph they can see certain patterns of chemical changes yeah and there's some typical patterns of like brain cancers that show up right uh, so that I had that MRI and I went back to see that surgeon and I mean, the advanced scans, like the spectroscopy and the perfusion, were basically normal, but they were still calling it like a, a glioma, so a low-grade okay. glioma. Yeah. Most likely low-grade glioma. That's what the radiology report said. And that's what yeah. the neurosurgeon basically looks at the report and goes, well, they think it's a glioma, it looks like a glioma. What we can do is biopsy it. Which means drilling a hole into your brain, taking a piece out to actually look at it under a microscope. That's really the only definitive way to find out what it is. The other option is to monitor it by just doing MRIs over a long enough period of time. Yeah. So that's obviously the least invasive method. So they'll do another scan in, you know, like a month or two and then see they can compare it. See if the lesion has gotten bigger or not.
0: So you went for this option. Well, not symptoms?
1: not yet, not yet. So still, still in a lot yeah. of it's a very confusing yeah. time. Uh, <laughs> you don't really know because you know that not, I felt like I had nothing wrong with me. Everything was completely. Yeah, felt you didn't have the symptoms. Yet. No, I had nothing. It's just like they're telling you all these horrible things, and you know the surgeons talking about chemotherapy and radiation and all these things down the track, and you know. <laughs> It's quite a shock to the system. And anyway, I decided to get a second opinion, so I went to see another neurosurgeon. This time, he was a twenty-year, you know, um, director of neurosurgery at another at a private hospital in Melbourne. And I walked in to see him, and and he he opened my MRI. And within five seconds, he goes, "Oh, this is almost certainly a glioma." we can, you know, do a biopsy first, I can book you in next Wednesday, Uh, do you have private health insurance? And I said, well, no, I don't have private health insurance. He goes, oh, okay, well, I'll refer you to a colleague of mine, and uh, you can go from there. So, at that point, I was just like, oh, okay, well, what about the other scans that I had, the spectroscopy, the perfusion, they're normal. And he goes, oh, well, that doesn't really mean that much, it just means that maybe it's not a high grade tumor. Um, so with brain cancers are a little bit different to regular cancers. Brain cancers are they're not staged because they don't spread out of the brain. Yep. So normal cancers they say like stage one, stage two, stage three, yes. stage four. So stage three is where it's, you know, gone into the lymph node, stage four it's gone into other organs in the body. With brain, it basically it never leaves the brain. So the biggest yes. problem is that it just takes over your brain. So it's graded by basically how quickly it's proliferating So you have grade 1 and 2. Um, grade 1 is essentially benign. Grade 2 is like a pre-malignant stage. So they're very slow growing uh, Like they might grow a couple of millimeters per year You, know, yeah. and you can go a decade at that rate and still be okay basically. Mm. Um, the problem with grade 2 is they always become a higher grade eventually. Right. So they, As they're dividing they they mutate so once it, it sort of unlocks certain mutations the rate of growth speeds up and that's where you have a really big problem. That's when you start to enter territory of grade 3 and 4 which um, when you're in a grade 4 that's basically a glioblastoma. Yeah. You might have heard of that one. That's yeah. basically one of the worst cancers you can have. It's up there like I think it might even be worse than the pancreatic in terms of how yeah. quickly it kills you. that's an
0: acronym is that what is it called
1: the acronym? GPM. GPM. Yeah. yeah yeah glioblastoma. So there's been that's the one that killed John McCain recently, the US yeah. Senator. Yep. Um,
2: Yeah, anyway, so they were saying that mine's most
1: likely a low grade based on its visual appearance in the MRIs. Yeah. Yeah. But that's no guarantee. Low grade ones can be high grade that look low grade. Then you can have ones that look high grade that can be low grade. Yeah. Again, completely confusing, very uncertain. Nothing is certain at all. (laughs) So by this stage, I've seen two neurosurgeons, they're both telling me this is most likely a bioma and I need to do something about it Um, so I booked in for a biopsy yeah Um, at that stage it was I think maybe two weeks away
0: yep and
1: then I remembered I had this other appointment the first one that I booked at the start okay so that was the one with Dr. Patrick Lowe yeah Um, so I went you know I I was basically thinking like should I bother going to see him I've had two opinions already Mm. He's going to tell me the same thing. I, you know, I'm sick of hearing it. <laughs> I just yeah, want to go and get this yeah. get this over with, you know. And anyway, I went to see him, and he basically completely shifted my perspective on what it is, the whole and thing, what it yeah. could be. Uh, he looked at it and he's like, "Oh, you could have had this since you're a kid. This could be anything. Mm. It could be, you know, if you got hit in the head when you were your kid, it could be just like yeah. a." a Know, abnormal sort of area of the brain, you know, just like trauma, basically. This could very well be true. It could. It could be um, yeah. a number of different low-grade tumors. Yeah, it certainly could be. Some of them are you know, not gliomas. So you can have, uh, like a well, ganglioglioma, which is basically a. It, it, I guess it falls under the umbrella of glioma, but it's nine, basically. Okay. If you cut it out. It doesn't come back. Yes. Um, you could have a, a acronym DNET. Um, it's a disembryoplastic neuroepithelial tumour. Yeah. So that's one that you have from when you're a kid, basically. Um, it grows to a certain size and then it stays like that for the rest of your life. Typically, that's a that's the one you want to have. <coughs> yeah. If you're going to have a tumour, that's the one you want it to be. Um, so. At this point, I had booked in for that biopsy, and now this third surgeon talked me out of it. He said it's too soon to do anything like that. Okay. Um, I think you know, a biopsy is still brain surgery. It's risky. Uh, you could yeah, have a stroke. It is risky. You, you know, we go in there. You could we could hit a vessel. You could have a stroke. You could have you know impairments after that. Mm, it's mm. it's got risk. Um, I think it be, be. I think the best thing to do would be to monitor it so okay. I walked away basically with a, um, a prescription for another MRI in a month from that time yeah so I just went about my life um, feeling a lot better really because I was like oh, okay I'm just gonna relax for this month now I don't have to think about it too much I'm just gonna enjoy this was like over Christmas basically and yeah. New Year's. So I thought I'm just gonna chill um, you know, to trying to process like, it all in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But during this time is when I started to get into the ketogenic diet side mm, of things.
0: Yeah, and this is where it all started. Where we started we started yeah. discussing about nutrition. Yeah, yeah. Um, different types of diets and, and exactly. And then we exactly. started talking about keto.
1: So it, it wasn't um, the wasn't what got me into the ketogenic diet, I'd always known about it because I've always listened to podcasts and things about nutrition, I've always been interested in health and longevity and what's the optimal diet for humans to eat, yep. to live a long time and to avoid you know, the chronic diseases that seemingly everybody gets at some point. Yes. And what kept coming up was the ketogenic diet. So the ketogenic diet was, everyone's probably heard of it by now, it's a bit of a fad. Yeah. But it actually dates back to I think it's, it's decades ago you know, may, maybe even up to a hundred years ago mm. where they discovered that restricting carbohydrates shifts the body's metabolism from burning glucose to burning fat basically yeah. which is something your body doesn't do normally. Yeah. Every cell in your body needs energy so typically when you're eating a normal diet, Every cell is burning glucose for energy, okay? And you get, it's not just sugar, like in, you know, you put sugar in your tea and coffee. This is all carbohydrates. So bread, pasta, rice, you know, all that, it's basically off the table. Yeah. Because once you eat that, even though if you look at the nutrition panel on it, you know, it'll say carbohydrates, say 20 grams, sugar, zero grams. Right, that's possible. But when you eat it, it becomes, it becomes sugar in your body. Yes. They, um, that's, yeah. the that's the, the problem. The chemical interaction, yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure of the chemistry behind that, but that's what happens. So you have to well, the reason they'd come up with this diet was to treat epilepsy, basically. Yeah, yeah so kids that had epilepsy that was not responding to any other treatments, they put them on this diet and mm. most of the time they would
2: yeah.
1: be seizure-free, basically, yeah, so they could...
0: Um, and that was, of course, that was experimental, yeah, all the doctors that put this kid on this diet, because it yeah, was, yeah. wasn't... because it well, wasn't... because officially it's not approved, I it's not like
1: mainstream. Uh, I Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, yeah. back, back in those days, they did all sorts of things to Different people things. and... <laughs> Yeah, true. <laughs> they didn't really have to be cautious or worry about you know, ethics yeah, and all that yeah, back then. Yeah. But what it really was doing was mimicking fasting. So if you don't eat for a couple of days, your body shifts into ketosis. Yeah. If, you didn't, if your body didn't do that, you'd die very quickly. Like, within a couple of days, you'd be dead. If, if your cells couldn't make that shift yeah. to ketones. So, obviously you can't have people fast forever because you'll starve to death, so that's how they came up with this diet, which sort of mimics.
0: Mimics the fasting. The fasting so that, that was the main state. principle behind it. Yeah, yeah.
1: Mimicking the fasting state. So, yeah, that, that's sort of how I got myself under the ketogenic diet. I'd always thought, oh yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense and, you know, maybe one day I'll do that when I get a bit older yeah uh, and then all this happened and I thought well now's the time if I'm gonna try it yeah try it now and yeah, yeah I basically didn't eat for three days mm. to make the initial shift into ketosis and then I went on a very high fat diet from that point where I was eating
2: 80%
1: fat which sounds absolutely crazy yeah You'd think you would just blow up like a balloon, anything like that. But I actually lost fat. <laughs> like, I got more ripped, guess the word would be, you know. Yeah. I started showing through that sort of thing. I had numerous health issues, just sort of minor things that I'd always thought were normal. Parts of being a human, they went away.
0: Yeah, and uh, you mentioned headaches, one of them.
1: Yeah, headaches. Yeah. So I would get... And that's kind of what pushed me to get the MRI originally, Yeah. Is headaches, yeah? Uh,
2: yeah?
1: So it turns out you don't really get headaches from brain tumors. seems like uh, something you would get, yeah. but there's no nerve endings in the brain, okay? So you could stick a knife in your brain and you won't feel it, mm. okay? So you don't really get headaches unless... Yeah. Pressure in your brain is getting to the point where it's increased enough that you're getting like swelling and yeah. problems like that where the tumour is taking up volume in the brain and it's pushing all the other parts of the brain together nah. and increasing the pressure in your skull. That's when you get a headache and when you get a headache like that, it doesn't go away. Yeah, yeah. So that's a brain tumour headache, <laughs> Yeah, it's very different to your standard headache. Um, once you're at that stage, you're you're in a lot of trouble, basically. Yeah. Um, there was a. I don't know if you've heard of Johnny Ruffo? He was no. on the X Factor, singer, oh, Aussie guy. Okay. Johnny, Johnny Ruffo. I don't think he won it, but anyway, he he had a like terrible headache one day. And Oh went hang into on, hospital. I think it was in the news, yes. Yeah. Yes, and it turned out yep. he had a brain tumour. Yeah. Like it was oh, the worst pain it imaginable. Was like all of a sudden. Yeah, oh. yeah. Like a bit, he, he was having trouble speaking and all sorts of things started yeah. going wrong. So it turns out he had a grade I think it was a grade three glioma. Oh man. So there's different subtypes of gliomas. Um, you have astrocytoma, which derives yeah. from astrocyte cells in the brain yeah. and you have oligodendrogliomas which derive from
2: um, mm. I'm not sure what they are oligodendrites or something like that you and sound like well based enough.
1: on this man you sound like a doctor <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all these times just a lot of reading yeah. a lot of reading yeah. yeah when it's your life at stake um, yeah, yeah. Y- you don't worry about staying up all night reading this yeah. stuff but um, yeah but I, I wanted to be as well informed as I could because you know doctors don't always have the best track record <laughs> mm, mm. <laughs> um of if diagnosing things yeah, yeah. Sorry,
0: oh if you can go back a little bit yeah. one step just yeah. the uh transition yeah from your normal because i think for the list for listeners who are curious yeah, yeah. or might have my thought thaw- might have thought about doing keto mm-hmm. but they might might have different intentions yep. but yours is different so I think yeah, yeah. Uh, some people would be curious to know about your transition from yeah. your normal yeah. diet yeah. every day diet you know we used to have sugar chips yeah, yeah. Um, Through Definitely. towards keto like did you have pump, like fast it. did you not eat for two days or 48 hours, yeah, yeah, hours sure. is it yeah. I'm not sure is it so 48 hours when keto yeah. kick kicks in yeah
1: yeah. okay so yeah I was on a, I guess a like standard Australian diet of quite high carbohydrates, I tried to eat healthfully generally. So I, you know, say for lunch I'd eat brown rice with steamed broccoli and um, fish on it, sardines or mackerel or tuna or something like that, that would be my staple lunch. But I would also, you know, pig out on chicken and chips, you know, fried chips and all that um, Bit of a weak spot for me and fried rice and all that, yeah. love all that. We used to get that every week. Yum, yeah. Yum. yeah, for sure. So, to transition from that to ketogenic diet, uh, you can do it just by switching your diet. You don't have to fast to do it, but fasting gets you into it more quickly. So, the way I did it was I didn't eat for three days, so it was yeah, 72 hours. 72? Yeah. <coughs>
2: And um,
1: once I got to the 72 hour point, I had my first ketogenic meal, which was made up of bacon, avocado,
2: eggs, and
1: I think even that wasn't high fat enough to hit 80%, so I had to add olive oil on top of it, I think olive oil or coconut oil I was using.
0: And what's eighty percent? So
1: eighty percent of the meal is fat. Yep. Okay. So typically your your meal would be like maybe fifty percent carbs, twenty mm-hmm. percent um, protein, thirty percent fat, something like that. Yep. This is a shift to eighty percent fat, <coughs> as little carbs as possible, something like five percent, and then the rest protein yeah. so it's actually a proper ketogenic diet is quite a low protein diet but it's very high fat the fat has to be high to get the ketone levels as high as possible yeah. this is called a therapeutic ketogenic diet okay. so there are different levels so you don't have to have 80% fat to be in ketosis you can, everyone's different yeah you could get by with like 70 percent maybe and then eating, eating more protein so that be, might be more of a meat heavy diet but still keeping the carbs low is essential
2: yeah. Yeah. but uh,
1: you
0: decided to go on 80
1: from what i had read therapeutic 80 yeah. percent was yeah the if you want to get into the nuts and bolts of it to be Doing this properly, you really have to be testing your blood. Mm-hmm. So you, you can buy like you know the glucose meter that diabetics use. Yep. Um, you get little test strips, and you prick your finger, and you get a little drop of blood, and it tells you how much glucose is in your bloodstream at that moment. Mm-hmm. Diabe- diabetics have to use that to track their glucose to see when, when they need insulin and that sort of thing but you can also get testing strips for ketones they work the same way as the glucose ones they're more expensive unfortunately about a dollar each so every time you test it's about a dollar you know, it doesn't really matter if it's important to you uh, so if you're trying to treat a medical condition from what I have read and a lot of this goes back to professor Thomas Seyfried He's written books on ketogenic diet, uh, metabolic therapies for treating cancer, basically. Yeah. And uh, what you really want is to have the ketone level matching the glucose level. So okay. when you test your blood, you want your ketones to, say, be 4 millimolar in the bloodstream and you want your glucose to be... About the same. Yeah. That's ideal. Okay. But if you don't do like the 80% fat diet and you're less than that or you're just being a bit more um, less strict with it yeah your ketone level is probably not gonna be that high you'll still be in mild ketosis but you're not gonna be in deep ketosis whether that's really necessary or not
0: yeah yeah that was also wondering about whether to go there's a, there's a big marginal difference between yeah. 80 or 60 or 70 percent. Mm. I mean, if it's physically it worth going just 80, yeah. there's not, ma- not much marginal difference yeah. between yeah. 60 and 80.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, the way I looked at it was, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it Probably. all in. All yeah. in, I'm going to yeah. go all in. Because this was for a month, okay? So mm. I was going to... This was like my little experiment on myself. So I'm going to do this for a month. And then we're gonna look at the next scan and see if it's changed. So my diet was made up of, I don't know if you're interested in knowing what I ate mostly, it's fairly simple, but quite tasty actually. I didn't feel that restricted in what I was eating in terms of taste. Yep. A lot of the carbohydrate heavy meals that you think are delicious, if you take all the good stuff off and just eat the carbohydrates, Mm. it's pretty tasteless. So take a pizza for example a pizza you know the bread on the, the base yeah it's got all the tasty stuff is on top of the, the tasteless base yeah. so if you just you know instead of eating a pizza you just make like a little pizza bowl so you have like a bit of the tomato sauce yeah, yeah. a bit of pepperoni cheese you know, mushrooms put it in a bowl and mix it up and you pretty much get like a pizza taste yeah, yeah so that that's how i approach things um, so but that's kind of like a, a dirty keto you call it and that <laughs> yeah. you're eating quite typically considered to be unhealthy foods whether they are actually unhealthy on a ketogenic diet again is open to debate
2: yeah
1: there's no real evidence either way so i tried to do it in a healthy way so i'd eat a lot of fish yep. i mean you know, there's not a lot of evidence that fish is Negative for you at mm. this stage. So, uh, fatty fish, so have like salmon, mostly sardines, it's and, high and in mackerel. Cholesterol, yep. yeah. It's high in cholesterol, but it's high in good fats, yeah, so omega 3s, which are quite important in the brain. Your brain's made up of omega 3 fats. Yes. Okay. So, yeah, I eat a lot of fish. Avocados are a good one. Again, yep. good fats. I would try to avoid processed meat. So, even though I'd, I'd try to avoid most red meat. Yeah. I tried to avoid chicken because chicken is pretty low in fat. It's like a mostly protein mm. sort of meat. So you'd have to add a lot of fat to it.
2: compensate. To yep. compensate,
1: which means you you know, drowning it in olive oil or something mm. or coconut oil. Mm. Um it's not that it's appetizing. That very, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So fish are kind of like the perfect thing, especially sardines. So easy. Unfortunately they have a bit of a smell to them. Which yeah, is not, not the not, best not, smell. Not that appealing <laughs> for people around you, but you know <laughs> you gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah. And yeah. So sardines, avocados, eggs. A lot of eggs is going through a lot of eggs. Yeah. So, you know, frying them in coconut oil.
0: You can probably survive with eggs all day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Eggs breakfast, eggs lunch,
1: yeah. eggs yeah. dinner in <laughs> cholesterol but there's no evidence that yeah. they yeah. increase the cholesterol level in your bloodstream. Yeah. So even though they can take cholesterol it doesn't mean they're putting your cholesterol levels up. Mm. And you know we've talked about this before that yeah, does it doesn't really matter if your cholesterol is high or not on a ketogenic diet. Um, it causes some... Um, unusual shifts in cholesterol, so you have your bad cholesterol goes up but your good cholesterol also goes up. Yes. And your triglycerides go down, which is mm-hmm. an unusual pattern. You don't normally see that in people on a normal diet.
2: Yeah.
0: And what does taricri- triglycerides do?
2: The-
1: triglycerides are like the it's like the fat in your blood basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you eat a really fat heavy meal your triglycerides will go up
2: mm, yeah. straight away, so that fat goes
1: right into your bloodstream. Mm. Okay, it's like a. Oh God, honestly, I'm not an expert on that mm. side of it, yeah. but I believe it's of it, it's, it's how it gets transported around your body.
0: And anyway, we want to try it as, as low as possible.
1: That's the typical belief. Mm. Yeah, is that you want that to be low, and it does go low on a ketogenic diet. Okay, so. Especially when you're fasting. So if you're fasting, your triglycerides are very low. That's why normally when you do a cholesterol test, you have to fast beforehand. Mm. Because if you just eat a, a meal and then go have the blood test, yeah. you've got all this blood that you've uh, fat you've just thrown into your bloodstream. It's going to throw the results way off. Yeah. So they want to get like a baseline for what your your level is without you eating. Because mm. if you have high hydro- triglycerides normally when you're fasting, that's a bad thing. Okay. Yeah. <coughs> For like heart disease risk yeah. Uh, and um, Yeah. And yeah. so I'm probably all over the place in how I'm describing. No, it's all this good. I journey, think
0: um, this is this is um, this is freestyle, so that's good. Um I think one of my questions was there there are a, a number of doctors and yeah. medical experts citing the benefits of ketogenic diet. Yeah. Um, and even one doctor uh, is that Agostini? doctor. Agostini?
1: Yeah, Dom, yeah, Dom, Dom Agostini. Agostini. Yeah.
0: And all of these experts, medical experts, citing the benefits of ketogenic diet, and still, it's not, it's not yet mainstream. Mm. Mm. I don't know. I was just going to get your opinion about about mm. it.
1: Well, yeah, that's a good point. Um, a lot of the recommendations by you know government agencies for what we should be eating to be healthy. Know, the food pyramid. You know what's at the bottom, the largest part, it's mostly bread, greens, you know, legumes, I think, yeah. things like that are meant to be the staple of your diet. And then as you get towards the top you get, you know you have like a tiny bit of meat, you know, a tiny bit of you know, I'd, ha- I'd have to look up the food pyramid. Like cheese and that sort of thing, dairy. Yeah. Whereas the ketogenic diet, you're basically flipping the pyramid upside down. Mm. Okay. Mm. Mm-hmm. So y- the staple of your diet is the meant to be the things that the government agencies recommend yeah. not to eat much of.
0: <clears throat> but yeah, I suppose that would be they w- they don't want to m- make that like yeah. massive shift in yeah, terms yeah. of recommendation. Yeah, yeah, I mean, after a number of, uh, after decades of research and
2: there studies, are, there
1: are some theories around that. <laughs> like, Know, religious reasons for eating uh, high, high carbohydrate you know, cereals and things. Yeah. They they, <laughs> they thought it was to it would lower your libido. Yeah. Sorry? They thought it would lower your libido. Oh, okay. By eating these things, that's why they yeah. promoted this as like a a, a good way <laughs> to funny. live your life. You should be you know that's funny. you want to. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so. The, the issue is, yeah, if you look at the standard diet and you, you get people are eating, say, McDonald's and KFC and fast food, if you look at that, the fat levels are probably similar to a ketogenic diet, maybe, maybe a bit less fat even. So you're eating more fat on a ketogenic diet than you are when you're eating KFC. Yeah. But. I guess the, the difference is that when you restrict your carbs enough, you turn on all these different pathways in the body okay, okay that don't normally get switched on Yes in that like burning the ketones for example. so yep. if you're eating just your standard diet yeah. and you're not switching on fat burning pathways, mm. then all that fat you're ingesting is just going stored it's getting stored yeah, Somewhere, yeah. actually not the fats. Fats and carbohydrates. Yeah. yeah. I'm not too clear on that actually. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But you know, most people get fat by eating that way. Yeah. yeah. But once you restrict those carbohydrates enough, you turn on the fat burning pathways, mm-hmm. and your body starts utilizing the fat that you've stored, and it starts utilizing the fat that you're eating. Yeah. But all you have to do is just like eat an apple a day, yeah? and you yeah. shut down all that, all that fat burning pathways. Mm and you switch back to burning glucose the body will use glucose preferentially over
2: fat why is that is that
1: because it's that's yeah that's a good question but maybe it's more readily available energy form of energy okay like you get like an instant energy rush when you eat sugary stuff or or carbohydrates Um, but you have to look at it from an evolutionary point of view Now, what would we have been eating before the dawn of agriculture? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, we would probably be eating higher levels of animal products. you are not going to be eating... Plants, Plants, flat-based, would you say? Yeah, you're not going to... I mean, you probably have some plants in there, but you can eat heaps of plants on a ketogenic diet and still be in ketosis if you eat the right ones. Yeah. Yeah, and I eat a lot of vegetables still. That's, that's a bit of a misconception that you don't eat vegetables on a keto yeah, diet you can yeah. do a keto diet by eating cheese and meat that's ketogenic but you can also do it by eating broccoli cauliflower yeah. asparagus and you know, broccolini um, um, uh, avocados all these you know, we just need to know these, which ones yeah yeah you just gotta eat i think it's typically ones that grow above ground are low carb plants yep. that grow underground you know like carrots sweet potato things like that potatoes very starchy sort of things yeah They're not too good um, but we probably wouldn't have had much of that going around you know going back thousands of years yeah humans have been evolving for <laughs> millennia right so what we're, we're eating a diet that we've basically created for ourselves over the last like, thousand years maybe. yeah yeah. So, how does that depends make any with, sense, yeah,
0: right? Like, yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. So you know, kind of makes sense to me to eat um, yeah. low carb, eat things that you would have found being, you know, it's kind of a cliche thing, but being a caveman. Yeah. You know, you'd be eating animals, you'd be eating the old plant
0: Basically, what's available around you, which yeah, is like yeah. at that time whatever they can see. Mm-hmm.
1: But you're, um, not, you're not growing like a field you know, of rice and a field of wheat yeah, back then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know? Or may, maybe there were a thousand years ago. I don't know. If you go, go back 10,000 years even, they wouldn't be doing that. I don't know when the dawn of agriculture was, but that's when, you know, you start to have civilizations and the abs- and yeah. there's just not enough food to go around, so they have to... Come up they with people, yeah, they technology do or irrigation. Grow it, you know, yeah. I- agriculture. Um, yeah. So I just feel like that's a bit more of a natural way to eat and as I said I, I had a lot of minor health issues go away when yep. I made the switch. Yeah. Whether that's attributable to being in ketosis or whether that's attributable to cutting out a lot of processed yeah. food. Could be either way. Yeah. So I don't know yeah. that you know, cutting out Doritos and, and red rock deli chips, you know, I used to eat I'd, yeah eat them a whole I used bag, my you know, favorite. every yeah. night or two maybe. Um, and, um, and yeah like so the, the minor health issues if you're interested you know, like, I would have like a throat congestion I would get after eating a high-carb meal so if I had a pizza or pasta mm. or even just a toasted sandwich I'd get yeah. like, throat congestion about half an hour later and it must be some sort of uh, I don't know no, chemical reaction yeah. some sort of weird whether I'm just allergic to some sort of something you know yeah ingredient there I'm not sure um, I'd always thought maybe it was, you know, say I ate a Domino's pizza, I'd get this throat thing, I'm going, well, clearly it's all the grease, yeah, yeah, in the pizza, that's what's doing it. But then, <laughs> you know, I'm eating 80% fat and I'm not getting it. Okay. And interesting. it's like, wow, that's interesting. Yeah. So, so that was one thing cured. Um, I'd had a lower back pain at that point for nine months and I did it, but I hurt my back trying to pull out a, a washing line out of the ground. It was concreted in, which I didn't know. <laughs> So Not I was like mean. yanking on it really hard, and yeah. It, uh, yeah, I strained my lower back pretty bad, and it, yeah, I was in pain for nine months, and one week after going keto, it went away. And I was Jeez. like wow, well, it could be it's a coincidence. Amazing. I can't say so I can't attribute it to that entirely, yeah. but it's a pretty big coincidence. Of nine, nine months and then one mm. week, it goes mm. away.
0: So most, pro- it's most <coughs> probably the keto diet. Yeah, well, that's probably yeah, I mean, the only logical explanation, right?
1: Yeah yeah that's all I can you know come yeah. up with yeah. I wasn't doing any sort of treatment for it or anything it's just mm. I thought well maybe I've just I've done it now I'm stuck with this for life yeah. <laughs> it's been that long and then it didn't go away but ketogenic diet apparently lowers inflammation in the body yeah. significantly yep. so maybe that's all it, mm. it lowered the inflammation around where I'd and that's a, that's a big it. thing. Yeah, it yeah lowered the inflammation and it allowed it to heal or whatever yeah. and then my back's been fine since yeah it's amazing um yeah i mean that that's sort of the the major things that went away and then if you want to get back to the the brain stuff um i had the one month scan and there was no change at that point okay and then the surgeon was like this is really good news Um, no change i want you to come back in six months now okay? okay so then i went another six months But I was a little less strict on the keto diet, so I wasn't Mm. measuring every meal. I wasn't aiming for 80% fat. I thought I'm just gonna I am just going to i am still gonna eat ketogenically most of the time. But I'm not gonna make myself eat 80% fat. Mm. Okay, so Mm. I wouldn't be adding extra oil to a meal to make it 80%. I'd just eat, you know, sardines and eggs or something if that came to 65% fat, Mm. so be it. I still wasn't eating carbs yeah I'd have the occasional cheap day. So
0: you're trying to be conservative, even though <coughs> after the second scan, there's yeah, no change. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. You still kept on... But I mean, dieting. yeah. So yeah.
1: I, I had to keep on it because, you know, if I've had this one month scan and then there's no change, right? So what position does that put me in? I can't just stop the diet because maybe the diet was what stopped it from growing. right?
2: It's hard to tell. I yeah. didn't really
1: get into the, the mechanics behind why the ketogenic diet mm-hmm. might stop the brain tumor from growing, mm-hmm. but... Um, brain tumors are typically very glucose hungry. Alright. Oh, <clears throat> so, and the interesting thing is they can't actually make the shift to burning fat, burning ketones. Most of them can't. Some can, some cancers can, but most of them can't make the shift to burning ketones. So, by limiting your glucose, you're cutting off at least a portion of the fuel supply. To the tumor. Okay, so it could grow potentially slower. Yeah. Not saying it's going to cure it. Even some people have said that it can and, ha- and has. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I'd have to get into some a lot of details there. Mm. So I think there's some problems with that. Okay. Um, but there's a lot of there's a lot of
0: um, cases. There's
1: cases out there. Yeah. There's cases out there, but um, yeah, I would have to go through each one. Mm. I, I could, you know, I could debunk them. And I could find reasons for their what they're claiming to be false. But yeah. you know, if you're trying to be optimistic as well, you don't want to be just debunking every positive thing you find out there. You know, yeah. So. But you also don't want to be just you know falling for everything. You have to be. Yeah. So you
0: have to have like a you have like a be skeptical. <coughs> have to a have skeptical mindset, right? To yeah, pretty much everything.
1: You have to be very analytical about it because you know there's. Okay, so there's, I'll give you one of So there's a, there's a woman named Alison Gannett. And, uh, she had a brain tumour many years ago. I think it might have been like six or seven yeah. years ago. Uh, pretty big brain tumour. Um, she has done talks on it. She goes to like keto conferences, talking, telling her story. Um, and she'll, she'll come up on stage and say, I was diagnosed with a terminal malignant brain cancer, okay, right, okay. and um, I had the surgery, and I went on keto diet and here I am six, seven years later, Yeah. I'm fine, yeah, well, I, I, I really, I listened to every interview she did, okay, okay? and nobody asked her what type of tumour it was, specifically, yeah, okay, so, I eventually found one Podcast, and they asked her. They were like, "Oh, so was it a glioblastoma you had?" And she was like, "Ah, oh, no, it was a an angiopericytoma Okay, so this is incredibly rare. Yeah. Type of brain tumor, incredibly rare. You know, I've never heard of it before, and I Google it. Okay. And it's like, what's some sort of tumor to do with blood vessels? Okay. Right. This is completely different to. It's not a gynoma. Yeah. It's a different thing. And it's such a rare thing. There's not a lot of cases out there to actually compare the outcome to. Mm. So, I mean, she had the surgery, they cut it out. And here she is six, seven years later. That could be just the normal result of that tumor. Yeah. They cut yeah. it out and then it might not come back. It might come back in 10 years. I do know. It's slow growing stuff. like really did you but she's out on stage you know talking yeah. about it like it's a glioma like it's a glioblastoma yeah, yeah. Okay, the way she talks about it she said terminal malignant brain cancer because
0: yeah. okay. when you say terminal that's pretty much hmm. the worst you can possibly have yeah yeah
1: um, yeah well she she quoted figures like oh you know she googled it when she was diagnosed and apparently she had six months to live okay well mm. I've googled that tumor and Apparently, average survival is like 15 years. Okay. Just from surgery alone. Yeah. yeah. So you start to find holes in these stories. Yeah. Okay, like, yeah, she, she could be alive for another 10 years and then the tumour comes back. Yeah. Might not still, I don't know. No, but she's out there claiming that the ketogenic diet is...
0: The one who is saves Is what's it. saving her, yeah?
1: Yeah. Okay, well... Uh, Sorry, but I mean, know, it's, he, it's very. She had
0: the surgery, um, and she also yeah. had a ketogenic. I mean, what percentage do you attribute the ketogenic to, yeah. or and the surgery? I
1: well, mean, it's, I mean, it's definitely the surgery that's saved her. Yeah. I mean, the ketogenic diet. The idea of that is that you're trying to stop it from coming back. Yeah. That's the problem with brain cancer. Yeah, you can cut it out, like a glioma, for example. It's very invasive. Yep. Yeah. So you, once you cut it out. You basically you have not cut it out entirely you cut it out all the visible tumor you've cut out yeah but there's cells that have already spread around the brain yeah. they can spread up to 20 millimeters from what appears to be a visible tumor on the MRI yeah and you can't go cutting like if you get skin cancer they cut like a huge margin around yeah. around the mole yeah they do like two centimeters around it or whatever so you end up with this big you know, thing they cut out, and oh. they do that because the cells spread yeah, further from the mole. Yeah. So if they just cut out the mole, and you're not getting all the. Yeah, potential yeah, exactly. Yeah. But in the brain, you can't do that because it's your brain. Yeah. Okay, so you know you've got motor cortex there, you've got visual cortex, you've got all these very important locations in the brain. Yeah. You can't just go cutting a 20 20 millimeter margin out around the tumor lot of people have just walked in so, although
0: although I have I think it must have been a YouTube or something yeah. um, I'm not sure if I heard it correctly or saw it correctly but a person only have half of his brain yeah yeah. and he still survived
1: yeah that's that's possible um, that's one of the interesting things about a brain tumor as well is that if they're the slow growing type like a low grade glioma, as they grow Destroy the brain, parts of the brain. The brain remodels itself around it. Okay, so you actually, this is how you can have a massive tumor with no symptoms. Yeah. Okay, so you could be perfectly fine, and then they go in and say, "Oh, you've got a tumor of a quarter of your brain." It's because all those important like, parts have moved slowly as yeah. the tumor grows. So, yeah, but you, if you, you, you go and just cut out that quarter, yeah. <laughs> straight away it doesn't work because yeah. if the brain hasn't had a chance to remodel itself yeah. this is why like, if you get hit in the head you know, there's no, it's not going to remodel itself yeah. but as a slow growing tumour it has that chance um, so this means they can generally go in and cut out most of the tumour and you'll be fine You'll have no deficits actually normally do it while you're awake so they put you to sleep, they open their skull, and then yeah. they wake you up while you're on the operating table and they, they cut out or they test with like an electrode on the outside of your brain. Yeah. And they can pinpoint, like, oh, they'll go, hey, Ronello, how are you today? Uh, you know, who's, who's the president currently? or What's the date? You know, or what do you do for work? While they're asking you these questions, they're, like, zapping your brain to find out. Oh, okay, so that spot there one, yeah. arrests his speech, so we can't okay. remove that part. Mm, okay. um, so they'll, they'll like, map around the tumour and yeah. then they know, okay, so this area here, we can cut that out. And he doesn't seem to have any deficits or have amazing. you like, move your yeah. hands and feet. And they actually did one where... They had a guy play guitar yeah. on the operating table because he was a musician. Yeah. So they had him do that while they're, they're cutting his brain. <laughs> oh, it's, it's you crazy. have to be
0: pretty comprehensive, right? Because if you yeah. miss one thing or one aspect of a person's life, yeah, yeah, yeah. you miss it out completely. Yeah. So what if you, every week, what if you go play the saxophone? Yeah. And yeah. you didn't test that. And now, no. after the surgery, oh... Is what happens
1: uh, very It's true, I mean, it, it could be very subtle, yeah, very subtle changes. But typically, if you're young, you recover from it pretty well, yeah. You know? So, again, because it, the brain's remodeled around the tumor, generally, yeah, they can yeah, ideally cut it all out, all the visible tumor, anyway. But then you're still at risk for it returning, and the stats say that they pretty much. of the time, will return, which, yeah, so that's the scary aspect of the glioma, is that even if you catch it at this early low-grade stage, it's basically a 100% chance that you're going to have it come back again, and when it comes back, it might come back more aggressive, Mm. so faster growing, yeah, so, you know, there's, there's not a lot of treatment options, all they have really is surgery, they have of chemotherapy um, which does have an effect they have radiation which also has a bit of an effect but they, it's not really a curative thing yeah there. so they know, yeah, they might cut it out and they'll monitor it you know every six months or every 12 months to see if it's going to do, do you think chemotherapy has like um benefits
0: still like in this current yeah i mean medical
1: it definitely works it definitely yeah. works whether it's the like I mean the marginal benefits yeah. Yeah. So, yeah compared to what though? Like surgery what
0: or the alternative diet alternative yeah. medicine
1: well you, like, you typically you have to these things generally are combined these, you have to combine these you combine things them. So mm-hmm. you do surgery you do chemotherapy and you do radiation yeah so if you do all three you have a better chance at killing any, any bad cells that have made yeah. its way further from... Because
0: you're killing you chemotherapy, say. you're killing the, the good cells, too. And, uh, you are, and if yeah. you do chemotherapy over an extended period, yeah. I mean, who knows how long you're going to... Uh, I yeah. mean, you don't want to kill all your good cells. No, no, no. You have good cells
1: left. I think the one... I mean, every chemotherapy is different for different different cancers. The brain one, temozolomide. it's called, it's... It seems to be pretty, pretty mild by comparison. Like yeah. it's like a pill you take every day or something like that. And you actually take it for a long, like twelve months or six months or something like that. Yeah. So you take it for quite a long period of time, uh, and you, you can still live your daily life. Whereas other forms of chemotherapy absolutely wipe you yeah. out. Know, your hair falls out. And so that doesn't happen with brain chemotherapy. It's also because the other, thing, all the other ones aren't, aren't really effective okay. for, for brain. Because yeah. the brain is, is, you know, you've got the blood-brain barrier, so a lot of chemotherapies don't actually make it through that barrier into the brain. Mm-hmm. So while they go through the rest of your bloodstream, they don't... they get, like, filtered out into your, into your brain, so it doesn't really have an effect. Um,
0: I was going to ask you about um, you know, obviously you wanna, you still want to maintain your normal social life yeah, and while you're on keto diet yeah. um, and I think for, um, for the people for the listeners out there who may be thinking about um, and by the way, keto diet is not for everyone no, it's so not for um, it's not for everyone yeah, yeah. so you might have to actually you know, well, well, you know,
1: arguably it is for everyone. <laughs> uh, yeah. If, oh, it's always you arguably. You know, look, if, it's, if you're addicted to carbs, and everyone is, everyone's addicted to carbs, okay? mm-hmm. breaking that addiction is very difficult. Yeah. Uh, it takes a lot of willpower. Uh, obviously, I had a uh, good reason to do that. Yeah, if I was yeah. just doing it for loss, weight yeah, loss, for example, weight, mm. you know, chances are I probably wouldn't have stuck with it for that long. Because yeah. um,
0: yeah. I remember you we lost weight in about well, a week, man. Yeah. Like less than two weeks, yeah.
1: And I, I didn't really have weight to lose. Like I'm a pretty slim person naturally. Mm. So I actually could eat. I, I ate a lot of and junk still food and to I still stayed weight. slim, yeah. Yep. Um, but when I went on the keto diet, I lost more weight. I didn't seem to lose any muscle. Mm. I lost fat. Yeah, which is good. I stopped going to the gym, actually. I stopped lifting weights. Mm. Which I used to do quite a lot. Because if I don't, I fade away to nothing. I I have to lift weights or uh, I get really skinny. And it increases my appetite as well.
0: So, like, when you do weights, for example, obviously because there's no carbs. Yeah. How how does that work in terms of muscle building? You know, protein, basically.
1: Yeah, Yeah. Well, yeah. you're eating you're eating protein. Um, I think enough protein yeah. on a ketogenic diet still. Mm. So, I mean, there's a lot of people out there that go, you know, lift weights and then they're drinking protein shakes and yeah. smashing all this extra protein down. I don't think it's unnecessary. Um, you can, and your body actually can produce protein itself. Yeah. So you don't really need to take it if your body needs it; it'll make it that's a process called gluconeogenesis, um, actually sorry, no, I got that the wrong way around. Your body will produce carbohydrates from protein if it needs to If it. it needs to. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So that's an
0: interesting process. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: So you, you do need to take the protein in, but you don't need a lot of it really. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
0: So um, if you're um, getting carbohydrates from proteins, that means it's almost mandatory
1: to have protein it's definitely mandatory yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. but it's that's not your energy source you can't live off protein so uh, I remember hearing something about a a rabbit diet or something like that if you eat rabbit which is a very high protein source of meat not a lot of fat you can actually starve Mm. because you're not getting any energy from it it's just protein yeah your Body can't run off protein it's protein's a building block it's a building block to repair damage yeah. Okay, so yeah and you don't want to eat too much protein because then you're speeding up cell division and cell division is your enemy yeah especially if you have cancer you want to slow down the cell division yeah that's true that's true so that's and again that's Part of the theory behind ketogenic diet treating cancer okay. okay, so is that it? you're slowing down cell growth. Yeah, you're putting your body in a more of a like a lockdown state. Of, you freeze like repairing blood. cells rather than dividing and making new ones all the time. Yeah, that's yeah. what fasting does. Yeah, it's called autophagy. It's where your body starts to consume the, you know dodgy cells um, and, and then yep. using that to repair other cells.
0: You seem to have a pretty good knowledge about all these things, um, which is is actually enlightening for me. (laughs) Yeah. And um, I was going to ask you about, the back to my question about uh, still maintaining your social life. Obviously, Mm -hmm. when you go out, there are only certain places where you can go to and also certain things that you can order on the menu. Um, And how do you deal with those?
1: Yeah, it's it can be tricky. Um, I mean, now you know when we go out to, you know, we used to go to Chinese restaurants that sort of thing, Vietnamese. Yeah, it's pretty difficult those places. The place we found recently is, you know, is Malaysian or something like that. But they have yeah Singaporean, Singaporean, yeah, you know, beef rendang, which is basically just meat in like a. Coconut, coconut milk sort of curry type thing. Um, there's no carbs in that. Hopefully, I mean, they could add sugar to it to make it taste better. Yeah. You don't really know these things. And that's what gets so difficult about it, is you don't know what they're adding to to meals. But if you go to like grilled, for example, you can get you know a burger without the bun. Yeah, it's completely yeah. fine. You probably want to take off some of the sauces. To, you know. Tomato sauce, it generally has a lot of sugar in it. barbecue sauce bottle, that's about 50% sugar. (laughs) Oh man. Literally 50% That is crazy. So you're basically just putting sugar on your hot dog when you use that barbecue sauce. Same goes with the tomato sauce, might not be as bad, but it's still very high in sugar. So you've got to cut a lot of it out. Um, Just replace it with mayonnaise. High fat, no carbs. Mm made from generally good sauces, like eggs. Keep your yeah. mayonnaise, the Japanese one, that's great. Yeah. So, but yeah, you know, if you go to a Japanese restaurant, options are a little bit limited. Yeah, yeah. They have a lot of carbohydrates in the meals. Um, Italian restaurants, pretty much out of the question. Yeah. There's not much, you can have the... Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah probably just, just go... a steak or something like that. Yeah,
0: yeah. so it's mainly mainly asian maybe that you can go to and kebabs um, places
1: yeah uh, kebab places are good yeah yep. i just get like a instead of getting a kebab you know with the like wrap i get it in a container yeah. and, you know just a big whack of meat with a salad on the side um, you know, you can ask for it with sour cream sour cream is yeah. good uh, but yeah I, I typically you know make food myself now which i never used to do it's just been a good learning experience cooking myself yeah you need to come up with different ways to make pizza. If you have a pizza craving, make one with like a cauliflower base mixed with cheese. It yeah. doesn't sound that good. Actually, you can't really tell the difference.
0: I tried making fried rice using cauliflower. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know you didn't like it too much. Um, yeah.
2: It,
1: it's, yeah it, you've got to make up for the lack of taste by adding spices and salt. salt yeah. Um, Getting the spices right is ideal and adding, you know, fats are delicious really, like fat is very tasty. Yeah. So if you're adding the right fats, and, you, know, you can make anything taste good. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And, you know, the plus side is you're getting all these, you know, good cruciferous vegetables. You know, I, 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 I eating, I'm eating way more vegetables than I used to right. when I was not ketogenic. Yeah. Which is a good change
0: and also coffee you just need to make sure that you actually order almond milk instead of
1: yeah coffee's fine ideally you want you know, black coffee but if you prefer it with milk yeah you get almond milk again you have to be careful they different types yeah some of them are sweetened with yeah. sugar uh, so you just have to ask if it's unsweetened or not yeah i just very rarely get coffees out i just use uh, an espresso machine and make my yeah. own and, add you know, a tablespoon of cream to it. Yeah. It's delicious. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah I mean once once yeah. you um I think it's only what, if you say a few couple of mu- first couple of months or first yeah. few months with the yeah, big yeah. adjustment period. Yeah. yeah. Once you went you get used to it it becomes yeah. part of your system of
1: Yeah, yeah. I'd be lying if I said I didn't crave carbs yeah. occasionally though. Yeah, like yeah. Potato yeah. chips and you know, uh yeah, for my weakness. Hot chips. <laughs> like I live down the road from this great uh, chicken shop. You know, yeah. and They do the best chips. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So if I'm going to cheat, I generally will cheat with something like that. Mm.
0: Mm. What's the ideal cheat period? Like um, every two months, every three months? You say uh, with minimal effect.
1: Yeah, it's a good question. Like, yeah, probably I wouldn't go less. You know, more than more often than one month because. Okay. If you, if you cheat, you knock yourself out of ketosis. It does take a while to get back into it, yeah. unless you're fasting. It could take you know, a week to get back into ketosis. So if you're cheating once a week, you could actually be not in ketosis mm-hmm. because of that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you'd, you'd probably want to do it for at least four weeks. Okay. Yeah. And maybe that is the better way to do it on a cyclical basis okay yeah. so yeah. you know maybe humans weren't always in ketosis mm. maybe you know you, you, you come across a beehive and you eat a bunch of sugar and uh, honey yeah. so that could happen really
2: yeah.
0: I suppose uh, yeah it's different for different people yeah and, and maybe this is for people who maybe just want to try keto, just
1: out yeah. of curiosity or maybe you want to lose weight or something like that yeah. the, the fun part of it is you're, you're really you're changing the way your body burns fuel mm. it's actually a really big change and it's a massive shift yeah. that all your cells in your body have to make and you've probably never done it before wow. so your cells just aren't used to it yeah. but it's,
0: it's burning a different type of fuel
1: yeah, but while they are capable of it, because you haven't done it for you know, thirty, forty years, yeah, they like downregulate those pathways. Okay, mm-hmm. so when you actually try to do it, it takes a while for your body to adapt. To ta- yeah, so you do have a bit of a adjustment phase period. where you don't feel the best. Mm-hmm. Um, that manifested in myself as having no energy. Okay. Okay, so I couldn't be bothered standing up. You know, it was just like and I was hungry all the time as well. Oh, so
2: yeah.
1: all, I, all I could think about was like what's my next meal gonna be. I'd lay in bed at night like looking at what I'm gonna make for breakfast. And yeah. Yeah. Until okay. the cells in my body sort of re you know, built the machinery to handle the fats properly yeah. and efficiently. Okay. Um, once that happened and that period Probably took to get back to I guess normal norm, you know, normality. It took a couple of months. Of being keto, so you can't just do it for a month. Yeah. Because you haven't actually adapted to it. Yeah. If you're going to do it, I would say you have to commit to at least six months. Right. Okay. It's a big commitment. It is a big commitment. It is a big commitment. But there are a lot of benefits to it. Yeah. I don't know if you get this effect when you eat a big meal, say a big meal at lunchtime. Do you get sleepy afterwards? Yes. Do <laughs> you want to take a nap? It doesn't yep. happen when keto. Yeah? What's the principle
0: behind eating big lunches? Is
1: that. Uh, it's, it's blood sugar stuff, I think. Mm. Yeah. So you are spiking your glucose, you're driving up your. and your pancreas has to make insulin. To yeah. counteract for it, um, you've got this big rush of sugar energy, mm. which is fleeting. You burn through it, and then your sugar level drops again, yep. and you get tired.
0: And that's how it, that's the reason why it makes you it because it drops. Yeah, it's it's a dro-
1: sudden blood. rush yeah. and yeah. it drops. Yeah. So when you're keto, your blood sugar is stable, basically yeah. throughout the it's day. Stable throughout. Yeah. Yep. And and you're burning fat, right? So. Mm. Your body's got a good store of fat, most people do. So you can, once you've adapted to it, um, you know, I can can wake up in the morning, I can very easily go till 3 p.m. without eating, and not even really be hungry. Yeah. So, and then I can just eat, scramble a couple of eggs, throw a tin of fish into it. Yeah. And then I'm good till dinner time. And then I might make something a little more elaborate, but even then, it's still you know, not getting any tiredness. Still, um, yeah. your, your brain clarity is different. You, know, you don't get this fog which you get because of all these glucose yeah. spikes and dips, and you know, you're just you just clear all the time. Yeah. It's, it's such a different feeling.
0: I did I did try keto once I think I told you when like during exam time. Yeah, period. Yeah, yeah. I tried keto like I think it was my first exam. Yeah. And I tried to do keto. Yeah. Um, it didn't work for me. <laughs> Cuz yeah, I had, well, I need I need some sugar to actually like you did um, it at the wrong time. Really. Yeah, I did yeah. it at the wrong time basically. And as I said you need to go <laughs> that through was that. Funny. You
1: hadn't adapted to it. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. So, you can't yeah. really say it didn't work for you, it's yeah. just you, it would work for you, you would, if you yeah. stuck with it long enough, but you can't do that because you're in such a you know, busy schedule Bed-time, of studying yeah. and working full time and yeah. uh, it's hard, you'd have to do it on like a, a long holiday I guess. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. So it's tricky, it's tricky, yeah. I, I understand why most people can't do it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Th- there's a lot of little things yeah. that you need to watch out for and mm. to be aware. Yeah. Um, and I suppose with you, I think we're going up to, the, um, to mm. the last, to the ending, to the last part of the podcast now. Yeah. Your journey from before keto, pre-keto, diagnosis, mm. Mm. your keto
1: diet. Mm. Uh, what's next for you, so. Um Well, I'm, I'm not sure if I cleared up. Did I, did I tell you I had the six month scan? Yep. Um, I'm not sure if I've told obviously told you, but I'm not sure if I've mentioned it on the podcast yet. I had the six months again, and it was determined that there was no change still. Okay, so that uh, is a very good sign, but still doesn't rule out the glioma. Uh, it could just mean that it's very, very slowly growing, and. Six months, or uh, actually the total was eight months from first to last scan. Yeah. Eight months. That might not be enough time to show growth if it's growing that slowly. Okay. Yeah. But then you have to go and look back at the size of the lesion in the brain. Okay, so at its maximal diameter, it's 44 millimeters. Okay, it's 44 millimeters by about 23 millimeters, something like that. So It's, about, it's like an egg. Yeah. It's like an egg, okay? It's big. For it to be that size, if it's a glioma, it had to have grown from you know, a single cell to that size. Okay? And to do that, it has to be growing at a certain rate. Yes. Yeah. Okay? How long could I have potentially had this? 10 years? Let's say 10 years okay so over 10 years for it to grow 44 millimeters that would be about an average of 4.4 millimeters per year which is actually the if you look at all the studies on glioma growth rates i've looked at many of them and they've analyzed it with you know looking at mris over time measuring the, the size change on average, they grow 4.4 millimeters per year. Okay. So, if I've had it for potentially 10 years, it would have grown 4.4 mm. My eight month scan showed zero change. Okay, so what does that mean? Good sign. It's like, well, yeah, does that mean ketogenic diet has slowed the growth down mm. potentially? Or um, the tumor is. Not a glamour. Obviously, that's the preferable outcome. But I d- still don't know. Mm.
0: Which actually. do you think has more weight in terms
1: of to explain that? Ah, oh, it's a good question. Uh, I, I honestly don't know. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. I am
2: yeah.
1: in this constant state of conflict about it. Yeah. It kind of drives me ourselves. crazy, honestly. I'm trying to, yeah stuff out, because you know, gliomas grow at a linear rate, okay, they don't stop, according to the studies I've read, so say they've, they've taken 15 patients with diagnosed gliomas, they measure the growth rates, they follow a linear curve, curve yeah. okay, a linear growth rate, they don't just stop for a year and then grow and then stop. But they don't do that, they grow continually. So. Okay. Mm. But mine apparently has not done anything in eight months. So it's, yeah, it's a good sign. It's a good yeah, sign, but I, 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 I still don't know whether to attribute that to um, ketogenic diet or whether that was just what was going to happen anyway. Yeah. It's potentially the outcome. And that would mean that it's probably a more benign type thing okay. called the, the one I mentioned earlier, DENITH Disembryoplastic neuroepithelial tumour um, and that yeah, it's like a, you don't have to worry about it, you don't even have to have surgery really, unless it causes seizures, and I okay. don't have that so and that's what my third surgeon yeah. proposed at the last appointment he goes well, I asked him. I go, if you had to make a bet, on what you think it is? Yeah. What would you bet on? And he said, it. So okay. that made me feel pretty good. Yeah. But I still am not convinced.
0: And this is Dr. Low, yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: So yeah, he's he's a pediatric neurosurgeon at the Children's Hospital. He's also an adult neurosurgeon at Royal Melbourne, yeah. another private hospital. Twenty years experience. Like he, he sees he sees a lot. He's yeah. pretty much up, up there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, okay. But yeah, I, I'm still <laughs> not convinced. Yeah. Um, I don't know, every you know, every time. Are you not know, going to
0: go off um, keto diet? You're still going to keep. Well, doing
1: that. I've, I've been having a lot more cheat days than I used to. Yeah. Um, sort of by sort of doing that on purpose as well because
2: when I have this next scan if
1: again it shows no change and I've been having all these cheat days and maybe I can sort of go well, maybe the diet isn't doing anything maybe it's not the diet Um, but if you know I have this six month scan and all of a sudden there's a bit of a change Mm. maybe I can attribute to the diet then because you know I've had this strict period Diet, no change, and then if I have slight change, it's a good point to test it. With yeah. a kind of a, you
2: know,
1: one well of the cheat days. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe I can attribute it to that. Rather than going off it completely, which I feel That's is true. a bit reckless um, for six months, and then, you know, it's like a Hail Mary, hope for the best. I'm going to go off it and uh, yeah. see what happens, because, you know, if it does turn out that it would have been growing. Without the keto diet, then I'm obviously putting myself at risk. Sometimes. Yeah, I have to do it incrementally and sort of wean myself off it. And see yeah, see if it changes over uh, time. It's the only way, I really. live. But even then, you know, I, I would probably just stick to it for That's general. A smart way to do it, yeah. Because yeah, I, I do feel good on it. I feel better than I ever felt. I mean, of all the benefits that you.
0: Mentioned earlier, yeah, yeah, um, by doing
1: the keto diet. Yeah, it's, uh, it's unfortunate that it's becoming a bit of a fad thing now. Uh, weight loss and weight loss, and yeah. You get all these dietitians coming out, going, yeah, keto diet's terrible for you, don't do it, you know, just eat cereal and grains and you know, low fat yeah. exercise and all that. People have been doing that, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. <laughs> How many overweight people do you see? Yeah. There's
2: just
0: so much information or misinformation out there that you sort yeah. of like, I man, there's too much. Who do I listen to? Yeah. yeah. It's,
1: it's very overwhelming. So that's why
0: I think going back to what you said earlier, to do your own independent research. Yeah. Um, it might take a while, yeah. um, but at least you you actually getting a lot of information or in- inform Yeah. yeah. To, I mean to be able to make good informed decision you need to, you need a lot of information, yeah. you know, uh, vegan, vegetarian, keto diet, all these um, different views, yeah. and, then, and then it's up to you to weigh which one actually has more weight or has more credibility. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it also depends on your way. circumstances, depends on, yeah. You can get experts on every side, yeah. PhDs, doctors, you'll have one PhD saying keto diet's the way to go, another PhD saying vegan's the way to go, and it's amazing. you can't, you can't really amazing. reconcile these differences, it's and it's, yeah, it's just, you kind of have to just eat what you feel is best for you, you know, if you feel better eating something, I think that's probably the best test, Yeah. if you feel better you have to be your own judge of how you feel, basically? Yeah. I definitely feel better on a keto diet. Yeah. yeah. Um, and is, is that like a short-term feel better, but at the cost of long-term <laughs> issues, maybe? Yeah. Again, that's another Who aspect of there's look No, look
0: there's I mean, there are studies, but they haven't been fully I mean is there like a comprehensive study with keto in terms of like you study not, for not 20 really. years? Not really. Not really.
1: because it's such a restrictive diet I don't think there's enough people willing really to done be it for that long period of time yeah. Yeah. yeah
0: unless you're a doctor and you're on it
1: because to do a randomized controlled trial which is you know the gold standard of studies oh, yeah you'd have to lock someone in a room or lock a group of people in a room and only have them eat <laughs> prescribed diet for 20-30 years yeah. you just can't do it it's impossible yeah so all they look at when they do these studies is that you know they get a group of people they give them a questionnaire and it says What have you been eating over the last 20 years? (laughs) You've been eating a high-fat diet and then you tick, yes, high-fat. And then they take that and then go, okay, well, we can lump that into a low-carb group even though their carbohydrate levels are high enough to make them not in ketosis. So you get these studies that say a low-carb diet, but their low-carb is like 30-40% carbs. Yeah, it's low relative it's low. to your average diet, but it's not ketogenic not like keto, yeah. Yeah. So that's basically completely useless, because until you make that le- metabolic switch change, you know, you're not really keto. getting the benefits. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if you're eating, I said, low-carb, and um, you're eating an apple a day, you haven't switched your cell zone or something. Different program. Yeah, it's like a different operating system. So Yeah. Are
0: most are most studies on question using? Do they use questionnaires? Because that's pretty an accurate form of most, study. Yeah, it is. I mean, most nutrition How can you make so. good um, conclusions using questionnaires?
1: You can't. But that's what you see when you you, you know you click through the news and it's like, oh, eggs are bad for you now find people that eat three eggs a day have fifty percent higher risk of heart attack or yeah. something like that. It's based on a questionnaire and you know again maybe there's people who are eating an overall terrible diet happens to contain three eggs. Yeah. It doesn't count people that are eating fish and eggs without carbs. Yeah. yeah it's, it's too many variables. mm mm-hmm. Exactly. So it's impossible to split them up. They try to you know, counteract for it, so yeah. way they like do it like, with smoking or drinking, you can adjust the data, but yeah. it just gets completely out of whack. Really. I oh, so you really don't know what to do. Um, listen it's to, hard you know, to make a I've probably listen to literally hundreds of hours of <laughs> podcasts with <laughs> nutrition experts. And yeah. You know, Keto proponents, vegan proponents, debates, lectures, everything, and I'm still pretty confused about still what's the terrible. best one to do. Because yep. you hear one and you go, oh, that's pretty convincing. Then you hear the other, oh, that's pretty convincing too. So you don't know what <laughs> to do. It's just. Yeah. Yeah. Again, comes back to yep. what I feel better on. Mm. I do have some fear that eating such a high fat diet is bad in the long run for your cardiovascular system. That would be my only concern.
0: Yeah. And I think uh, what we... What we uh, I'm, 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 like, on my part, because of all these things, all the things or information that I've heard, so it's probably best for me to have a balanced diet, so, like, a bit of everything. Yeah, like yeah. to be to be in the safe side, right? A bit of meat, a bit oh, of vegetables. That's also. Bit like of say, that. Yeah.
1: So. That's like saying, "Oh, I can just have a little bit of poison." Right. <laughs> yeah, it's balanced.
0: <laughs> oh man, how do I win? <laughs> yeah, you can't.
1: You can't. You're really you're taking a bet on uh, potentially decades of your life in the future. Yeah. yeah? That's gravity of the, the choices we make at this at this point, yeah. you know, are going to affect us in the future drastically. So, whether, whether you're keto or you're vegan, it could add or subtract 10 or 20, however, however many years of yeah. your life. And we really don't know which one's the right one to do.
0: Yeah, so I reckon just uh, look at those yeah. people who live 100 plus years and uh, yeah. check the diet, what do they eat? I think yeah, that's, yeah. that's a good indication of yeah. uh, what food you need yeah.
1: to, to go for. Well, honestly, they generally eat pretty high carbohydrate diet, but it's not processed carbs, so... Yeah. Um, you we know, have, like, the Japanese... Uh, we're talking not current-day Japanese people, okay? Yeah. Not, like, people living in the city. It's yeah. different. You're talking about people a, that live out in rural world, areas, yeah, you know, where they're yeah, eating the food they've grown themselves, and fresh yep. fish, and yeah, they might eat, like, a sweet potato and a bit of salmon. Yeah. Yeah, you look at the numbers, yeah, that's pretty high carbohydrate, but you know, it doesn't have any processed yep, stuff. It's, not processed, it's probably yeah. not spiking your blood sugar as mm-hmm. hard as, like, a slice of pizza would. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, a McDonald's hamburger or something like that so you you compare the carbohydrate levels they might be the same mcdonald's or sweet potato with fish or something from japanese you know okinawans one of the longest living
0: japanese people people yeah
1: yeah yeah. i'm pretty sure that the numbers have shifted um, overall now like australians are one of the highest uh, longest living populations. Mm. I think it might have actually have overtaken Japan. Okay. It's like the average is like 80. 80. Yeah. Depending on whether you're mm. Was that best in living in the city or in rural areas? Well, I guess this is average, so it'd be yeah. mostly city people, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> but that's because, you know, the culture's got quite westernized. Yeah. The food, especially. So, a lot of fried food and fries, not necessarily bad, but if they're using. Crappy oils, oil. yeah. you know cheap oils, vegetable oils. They're, they're not too good. Mm. Um, they're very highly processed oils. They have to use a lot of chemicals to extract oil out of a you know, sunflower. Oh yeah. Whereas olive oil, for example, it's cold pressed. So they yeah. take a bunch of olives, press it, and oil comes out. Yeah, but to get oil out of sunflower or. Oil other seed oils it canola oil yeah canola oil they have to be done with a chemical process pretty nasty chemicals as well like really strong chemical
0: process is is ideally not the best.
1: But they're cheaper I guess and that's why they've become more popular. Yeah. And people are moving away from saturated fats. So coconut oil which is high in saturated fat. Olive oil seems to be the safest bet
0: yeah which is what I use which
1: is you know monounsaturated mostly monounsaturated yeah Um, that doesn't seem to have anything bad against it yet yet (laughs) Yet. yeah until they do some crappy study and then announce it on the news do another questionnaire yeah yeah um trans fat's definitely bad that's there's no question about that but trans fat what's trans fat Ah, it's just another Fat. you've got saturated fat, you've got unsaturated, you've got monounsaturated, you've got trans fats. Yeah. They've pretty much been eliminated from pretty much everything in Australia. Okay. Yeah, because okay. it's definitely bad for you. Yeah. I think like...
0: Where do you normally get this from, trans
1: fat? Uh, certain type of oils, I think. Yeah, I'm not sure which ones. Yeah, there's a lot of details we can get into, which is probably not that interesting for people. Yeah.
2: I mean, with Rambler. all the things
1: that we've discussed. <laughs> like, I feel like we haven't really made a dent in it, Tonight, so Yeah, with all the... Uh,
0: man. I mean, it's such a huge topic, man. Like, yeah. nutrition is such a huge topic because you, you're dealing with, with different diets, different, yeah. different yeah. cultures, different people. Yep. They have different... Um, different genetics. Genetics, exactly. Some
1: people might do better on a carb diet. Some people might do better on a yeah, the
0: yeah. There's different
1: variables. Absolutely, that's that's another variable that you can't discount. Hmm. That's <laughs> that makes it. That adds. Yeah. That adds to the complication. Like potentially Asian populations do better on a carb diet. Yeah, so yeah, when, you, when you go, you look at the Okinawans and their a pretty high carb diet. That might not work for different genetic um, group. Yeah, yeah so that's true. Yeah. yeah hard nice to compare. Mm.
0: And I suppose, and I suppose, different types of diet also depends on your culture or the yeah. availability of resources. Mm. So obviously, mm. there's not a lot of meat yeah. in Asia. Yeah. So the easy access would be vegetables,
1: fish. Yeah, yeah.
0: There's not True. easy access for meat. So keto diet is probably that's probably why it started in the West because.
1: Yeah. It relates mostly to me. Um, Yeah. Well, one interesting thing I heard was that Hong Kong actually has one of the highest life expectancies yet, and they actually have one of the highest um, consumptions of meat, beef. Oh, really? Yeah. So. Yeah. Are you going to look at that and And go, "Okay, well, I suppose this
0: beef are imported to Hong Kong." Maybe,
1: Maybe. Yeah. Like. Yeah, the per capita beef consumption in Hong Kong has risen from 6 kilos to 25 kilos in the past 50 years so yeah it's it's actually got what is it the yeah one of the highest one of the highest levels of beef consumption like we're talking more than Australia yeah um, so do you then look at that and go okay well they're eating the most meat and they've got a really long life expectancy, is that, is that the best Good way to it Good go point. Because mm-hmm. if you're doing the same with Japan, you're going, okay, they're eating not a lot of meat, but they've got a high life expectancy.
0: Oh man, you can't win, how no. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Ah, uh, I suppose it's trial and error, oh crap man, yeah, I, yeah. Don't
1: okay. yeah, I don't know,
2: I don't know how true. to uh,
1: reconcile all these things now, Australia life expectancy is yeah, it's not not far behind Hong Kong, eighty-two years now. Um, what Japan, about Japan's eighty-four years, so pretty close to Japan. What about
0: those couple in America? I forgot what state it was, but which? What's that? There's a couple in America in the US. Yeah, they live. I'm not sure if it's still the longest living.
1: People. Oh, like a, a, just two people. Like, like a, a couple. couple. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. was a couple. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, you get these people that are just genetic outliers as well. You know, there was one of the oldest living people in America was he was like 115 or something. I think his name was Richard Overton. Um, he was eating like a bowl of ice cream for breakfast. Yeah, drinking whiskey, drinking you know, booze and smoking cigars and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> but if you, you take a big enough group of people, you're going to have these outliers, of course. Yeah. You can't look at them and go, "Well, that's yeah. that's going to work for yeah. everyone," because the chances are it's not. It's yeah. like winning the lottery.
0: You have to allow for individual differences. And yeah. 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 Oh. yeah. All right. Amazing, man. All right. I think we've uh, we've discussed enough.
1: we've everyone for tonight
0: up. about um, <laughs> about uh, ketogenic ketogenic diet yeah. and nutrition.
1: <laughs> and um, yeah. I think we need to drill down further. In a, another, yeah. Another yeah. Podcast, but um, maybe be a bit more focused on what we talk about. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But, but I think you. But I think
0: you've enlightened a lot of listeners tonight. And. Um, yeah, I think it's an ongoing process. Yeah. Um, there's, you know, it's, it's not, you don't stop, um, like in just one study or ten studies. So, yeah. as I said,
1: um, you and know, you have it, to be open to that's changing what you did. your mind as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. So, if, you know, convincing evidence came out that ketogenic diet was bad, I'm not going to stick to it like a cult. And that's kind of what veganism and vegetarianism yeah. has, become, has become. Yep. It's happening with keto as well. It's happening with a bit of a sub, uh, sub group of keto, which has uh. uh, gone to the extreme with like the carnivore diet. <laughs> it's where people are basically only eating animal products, so they've cut out all carbohydrates, all plant products, you know, having more zero vegetables, yeah. just eating meat, eggs no dairy nothing like it's literally and that's um pretty extreme like Richard oh, what's his name Jordan Peterson Jordan Peterson yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and his daughter they do that yeah it seems to work for them it seems to be yeah like working well like with they're them they're going around you know, talking about how much it's changed their lives yeah. um, um, but that could just be them that's, that's working well with them it could yeah. just be they, they have a genetic um, sensitivity inclination for those to plants or something like that, you know, something in plants that just gets them all inflamed and then causes all these problems. Yeah. So it might not apply to everyone, it might not be the best way for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. one of the interesting things I heard was that plants are evolving continually, right, over millions of years. Hmm. Plants are not there for us, you yeah, know, we look at it and go, oh, plants are there providing food for us. They're not. They're just doing their own thing, completely different ecosystem plants, okay? They they're just like growing, spreading, doing their thing. And we're coming along and trying to eat them. I, don't know, I might have told you this before, but they have evolved defence mechanisms yeah. over all these years to stop insects from eating their leaves and stopping animals from eating them by being poisonous. Things like that, right? So, potentially, they could be doing us harm through those mechanisms as well. Right. Okay, so you've got a plant that's evolved, it's some sort of toxic chemical inside it when a bug tries to eat it. Yep. And then we come along and eat that plant. And we're getting that chemical too, Mm. that toxic chemical. Yeah. Um, kills that insect, you know, maybe but, it's not, maybe it doesn't yeah. kill us, but maybe it in the long run causes us problems and yeah, that could be like what Jordan Peterson has, like some sort of sensitivity, like really strong sensitivity to one of those compounds that the plant produces Yeah. it's just a theory no, that's the only defence plants have, is chemical yeah, they can't you know, bite you back, right? An animal can bite you. Yeah, yeah. Can obviously, run away. Okay, Yeah, so exactly. It has to do some sort of chemical. That's the animal's defense mechanism. Okay, so that once you catch it, you're fine. Yep. Yeah. But the plant has to, yeah, have these. It has to evolve within plant, its um, yeah.
0: capabilities. Obviously, yeah. Yeah, it's true good. chemical producing chemical. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: So, um, yeah. so the, the chemicals uh, the plants produce yeah. are obviously extremely potent. Yeah. And okay, you, you've got, you know psilocybin from mushrooms, and mm. you know, that will send you completely out of your mind, <laughs> right? So they, they definitely have very strong effects. Yeah. Um, and who's to say that you know, eating broccoli every day doesn't cause you some sort of long-term negative effect. I mean, there hasn't been any evidence for that as far mm. as I know, but it makes sense evolutionarily. Evolutionarily. yeah Yeah.
0: it's kind of hard to say like broccoli for example if there's no evidence that it doesn't cause you anything we'll just keep eating it then
1: yeah well one of the theories for why broccoli is actually good for you is maybe because of those toxic chemicals it's counterintuitive but having that small acute little I didn't say cute I said acute Mm. um, dose of like a little yeah toxic thing it's like in a small dose here. Yeah. it causes your body to turn on different mechanisms to defend against that yeah um, it's called hormesis okay Sorry. hormesis yeah it's the same thing like when you exercise that's a stress on your body yeah but cortisol yeah you have this acute stress right and your body then is better off for it down the track this is not Chronic stress, though, it's different. Chronic stress, you know, eight hours at your desk stressing over something that's bad for you, but uh, just a short burst of stress is typically considered to be good for you. Mm. That's what exercise does. Yep. It's what, like, having a cold shower, having a really hot sauna, Mm. these are all just little short bursts of stress. Short bursts of stress, yeah. That, for whatever reason, seem to turn on pathways in the body that promote longevity and health okay and plants could potentially be doing the same thing yeah, yeah. so can't necessarily say it's what you know all the vitamins and stuff you get from plants it might not be that that is what's causing people to live longer yeah could be the hormetic effect from the acute stress you get from eating, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. And this is not part of the questionnaire.
0: Obviously, you can't possibly ask every question mm-hmm. about the whole diet, what they do in a day. Yeah, it's impossible to cover all these things yeah, yeah, in a questionnaire. Yeah, yeah sure. So, so, so in, so because mm-hmm. of that, there won't, there can't be possibly an, a, a very accurate
1: conclusions about what to eat or what not to eat. Correct. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you just end up back at square one, not knowing what yeah. to do, yeah. right? Yeah, it's very difficult.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I think, uh, think yeah, I think
1: you are you were wrapping up there. Sorry, yeah, I think right? we have to it up yeah. there. And yeah, no uh, worries.
0: Yeah, and thank you for your time. And um, sorry. Sorry. I think we've we've uh, covered yeah. we haven't touched mm. the yet. Uh, I, I don't know. 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 Hopefully, um, it's been beneficial to our listeners. And thank you for your time, no right? And Goodbye, everyone. Have a good one.
2: Thank you for listening. Hope you
0: enjoyed. Enjoy life. Have a good day.